So welcome back to Undoctored Doctors. I'm Sarah and I'm here with Rosh. And in this week's episode, we're going to talk about having free time in medicine and other hobbies that medical students might pick up or drop or not have time for. Yeah, or lack <laughs> so, thereof. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, I do feel that medicine gives you the impression that you don't have time for hobbies, but that's just my personal take on it. I don't know. No, that's most definitely the, the impression I had before going into medicine as well, especially when you, um, I don't know if you ever prepped for interviews before, but they were, they would always be like, oh, what is the one hobby that you have outside of medicine? Like, like you're only meant to have one, like you're not allowed to be this all-rounded person that has uh, multiple outlets. But um, I personally haven't found that to be the case at all, mainly because of the way I study and the way I am. Um, digest the information over the over the course of the year I um I find that because I don't I'm not one of those people who will like after after lectures I will go home and I will write down everything and I will study for another two or three hours I actually just spend a lot of my time just relaxing and then when it comes to the um the study period, the study sessions just before exams, that's when I go all out. And that's when I like cram, 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 all that information into my brain, which is also probably the reason it leaves so quickly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But how about you? Did you have the same impression or no? Um, I don't know if I would say as much of an impression, but for me, it was that I very much used studying medicine as an excuse not to have a hobby. Um. Like I felt like I told myself that I didn't have time for hobbies, but that actually wasn't true at all. It was that I wasn't making time for anything. And I, I especially realized that like this year that I really had not read a lot of books at all in the last 10 years. Um, and it got, you know, it's kind of like embarrassing to almost admit, but I realized that I had read like three books in five years that weren't related to my course. And because we read so much to study, like, you know, like I'm constantly having to skim Wikipedia articles and books and, you know, like research papers and like just so much literature that it, reading almost felt kind of like a chore. So I never created time for it. And even before medicine, I didn't exactly have a hobby that wasn't uh, gaming. So when I did get into medicine, it, it kind of became an excuse that, oh, because I'm studying medicine, I don't have time to do this. And I think uh, it just wasn't true. I think I just wanted to believe it so that, you know, like and, I had uh, an excuse. <laughs> and for those who don't know, Sarah used to be a big uh, League of Legends player, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> an addict. I was a dirty an addict. addict. <laughs> <laughs> who did you mean? I don't know anything uh, about League of Legends, by the way. I just know it's Okay. A... Well, I started with uh, Leona because classic girl plays support kind of thing. Um, but I, I, I don't count League of Legends as a hobby. And I, I actually realized that I, I haven't really had hobbies. Well, that's not true, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Sorry. I realized that before I did judo very competitively in Ireland. Um, actually, only all so Ireland. Don't mess with Sarah, everyone. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I used to do judo very competitively and I snapped my arm in half. And that kind of, yeah, uh, ulna and radius, clean break, 90 degree angle. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah shattered uh so actually i i just realized i have seen I was the like, other guy though right yeah right sure yeah that's <laughs> definitely uh a thing but i just realized actually that before i got into medicine i didn't really have hobbies which was kind of it's kind of weird to say and admit but it's true like i didn't really have hobbies and then i was like wow i just realized i've never had hobbies and then i was like oh no i used to do judo competitively um but like I wouldn't count gaming as a hobby and I'm sure a lot of people will be angry about hearing this, but personally, like I, I, I never counted gaming as a hobby and I never really had a hobby um, until quite recently. And throughout medical school, especially the first few years, I did nothing but socialize and study and nothing else. But um, you have quite a few number of hobbies. Yes. I would actually uh, categorize myself in that, in that um, Jack of all trades, master of none, uh, demographic like I unfortunately reading isn't I, I keep looking over there to like this small collection of books that I do have um reading isn't something that I was very prolific at um which always made me feel a bit guilty in a way because when you read well you read about people who are quite successful or do really well or 
or um, you know great people one of the underlying things about all these um, great people is that they read a lot they're prolific readers and uh, it's not something that I did or do even now and I, I too like you would blame myself for not having enough time around med school like the only texts that I read these days or for the past five years has been medical textbooks I've not read actually I can count the amount of books that I've read on one hand in the past five years outside of the medical textbooks but other than that I um I don't know over the I've always felt like I'm a creative person so um like I like to 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 draw I love to draw um I'm not very good at it but I do love to draw in fact there was this project that I was working on um I don't know if you know the the children's cartoon show Gravity Falls I do yeah you do great not many people know about this cartoon um I was making uh one of the journals but um each page and each monster and each item that was found um, in, the, in this journal was something in Milan or something to do with Italy. And I did started that in my first year and hopefully before I graduate, I will have finished it. Other than that, I, um, I got really into coding this year because of lockdown. Um, for those who don't know, listening at home, I, I started to code my own uh, video game, a Japanese RPG based around um, cells in the body so you'd like pick an immune cell and go fight all these bacteria it was meant to be like a uh, an educational game but that stalled a little bit because i don't have the time these days to work on it um other than that i used to swim a lot and i actually used to play not competitive uh but i used to um, practice uh, kickboxing and karate um, and water polo, actually, I, I really loved water polo. Oh, and skateboarding and snowboarding. And that's about it. Yeah, that's a lot, though. That is a lot, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, like, I also really love walking. I mean, you, you continued all of these throughout medical school, though. Um, apart from water polo, I would say yes. Um, I mean, snowboarding, I would go once or twice a year because we're in Milan. So it's really close to some really nice snow uh, skiing spots. Skateboarding, I picked up again very recently because um, some people on my course uh, were trying to get into it. So um, skateboarding is something I used to do alone a lot. And I never really progressed because I always feel like with any, with, with any hobby, with any act, active hobby, doing it with other people progresses you even faster and even further and I never progressed very far because I did a lot of skateboarding on my own but then skateboarding with these people for the past couple of months has pushed me a lot farther in just a short amount of time than I ever have for like the decade of um, skateboarding experience that I've had. Um... That's really interesting because I was actually watching a TED talk by this guy who studied uh, like states of flow and he was saying that like the, how people improve at sports and like especially extreme sports like skateboarding, snowboarding, etc., like is so exponential where you can improve in one year what would have taken you a decade just by putting yourself into more like unfamiliar situations or like trying to push yourself further because you start entering states of flow, which is like serious rapid improvement mm-hmm. and um, things like that. So, I mean, maybe there is like a social, like com- competitive aspect to it that because you're doing it with other people, you're more likely to try things that you wouldn't if you, you were by yourself. Like for, for me, I've noticed that it's just an outside perspective, um, seeing yourself from outside the box and having that told, being told to you. Like I've, I've not really felt this for, for me, but I've noticed that when I've like some of the people who I've been skateboarding with, they were just learning and starting out when they were struggling with getting something dialed in, like being able to land the trick uh, consecutively and consistently, um, just being able to tell them what they're doing that they may not realize, not even what they should be doing, but what they are doing without realizing really helped them change um, behaviors before it got ingrained and became muscle Mm. memory. That's one thing of many that I think uh, skating and doing things with other people could really help uh, progress your learning experience further. And it's the same for studying, actually. It's the same for studying. The example that I studied with other people, um, 
especially in this oral format, um, I remember that information a lot more than the exams I studied for on my own. But I think like the whole uh, studying with other people goes back to when we talked about how the Feynman technique is incredibly effective to actually learn where you have to explain things to other people. The best way to learn is to actually teach Um, because when you're trying to teach it, you realize like where your own weaknesses are and you know, what parts you need to improve on or like, I, I, I do think that like studying with other people is very effective just from the simple fact that you're getting that real time feedback, but also you're noticing your own deficiencies and like explaining it and understanding, like you can't explain something unless you truly understand it. So I think like studying with other people is more effective, especially for Italian medical students where everything is like, all of all of our exams are. Um, Not to mention arguing as well, arguing over the material. I feel like the arguments that I've had <laughs> and where I've been proved wrong engraved that material in my mind a bit better than, uh, you know, anything else. I mean, we do I, like we do learn through mistakes, right? Like even when you think like even when you study like neurophysiology, basically everything you learn is through like uh, like like neural feedback loops, like even like riding a bike, like you fall and you're like, oh, shit, like, no, that hurt. Like, no, I'm not don't doing do that, that again. Yeah. Yeah. So like I think like we, we do learn uh, from mistakes. So I think it also kind of makes sense that like if you're wrong and, you know, it's not it's not the type of thing that you easily forget because maybe yeah. maybe that's why uh, during wards uh while professors are pimping students which in case anyone who's watching means that they like they're not actually pimping out students Just walking they're... around with a cane and a top hat <laughs> yeah. like gold no, jewelry it's, it's like when they ask the students questions about a disease like on spot and then if a student doesn't get it they like usually let like students know how stupid they are yeah and you know that's a huge like the bullying aspect is a huge part of medicine but maybe that's why the the professors are so mean because they know that like You'll never forget it then if they're like super mean to you, perhaps. Any excuse, I don't know. any excuse, I think. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm very lucky that like, I have not experienced that uh, yet. Touch wood. But, <clears throat> it is a formative experience. But yeah, like, I think that's why um, studying together. For me, like now recently, going back to the hobby thing, whenever I get someone on stream who asks me like Sarah like what is the advice you give to pre-meds like what is the advice that you wish you had before you went into medicine like what would you tell high school students who want to do medicine I always tell them like number one learn how to study I know you're not you don't know how to study because I thought I knew how to study I did not know how to study learn how to study and two have a hobby <laughs> Yeah. Like I cannot, I cannot emphasize this enough. It's like, please like have a hobby that isn't related to medicine. And the general advice is that like you find a hobby to keep you fit. You find a hobby that keep you creative and you find a hobby to make you money. Like, yes, that latter one, latter one, yeah. very important. Yeah. Like have a hobby that is a skill that will make you money. Um, have a hobby that will keep you fit. And, you know, like if you're lucky, mm. like maybe all three, <laughs> like you all three have one hobby that it's like, uh, all three but I think it's so 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 important and especially medicine sometimes like tends to be like very consuming like everything like it consumes everything you do where it's like a constantly active thoughts and I think like having a hobby or, or an escape or it's like a release just yeah like, yeah I mean sure. um, I was I was talking to this uh, about this exact thing not the other day with one of my friends is that you need um, even the people that you meet on these courses who are, you know, gunners and type A's and they just, it, it appears that everything that they do is centered around studying, centered around medicine. Even for them, medicine is a hobby. Like it is for not every, not every single one of these people, obviously, but, but, but um, that, uh, that, that, pursuit of knowledge and that obtaining of said knowledge is like a hobby to them and they find joy in that i i mean i don't okay i kind of disagree with that because i when i study like the things that i learn i genuinely enjoy that and i i genuinely enjoy learning the things we learn but i'm definitely not a type a like at all to me like um you, you know, like, I, I just don't think you can say like that that's a hobby to them because I don't consider medicine my hobby, but I have a... I'm, I'm just saying hobby. that just because I don't see them doing anything else. So if they have no other release that I can perceive, then I have to assume, and I'm actually basing all of this off of one guy. <laughs> yeah. 
I looked at whatever you, the second you said Taipei, I was like, okay, I like instantly know the two people I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for, for me, it's this one guy. Actually, no, he does have a hobby outside of medicine. What am I talking about? He loves to travel. Traveling is it. not a hobby either, though. I don't think like I wouldn't consider traveling a hobby. I'm trying to think of a counter argument, but I really can't think of any. <laughs> like you, you can't. I'm... Okay, like a hobby is something that you do for leisure, sure. But I think it's like one of those things, like saying like napping is a hobby. It's like it's not everyone has like gets leisure from like. I feel attacked and... right now. I love napping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you love it, but I, I, I don't count it as an activity. Like, oh no, you're right, you're right. I'm, yeah, yeah. I need to. I mean, I don't know. Like to me, I guess my uh, thing of a hobby is, I guess my description of a hobby maybe is like different or, or weird. But like, and that's the thing. It's going to be different for everyone, right? I, I mean, I guess. But the the thing I realized is that I had no hobbies. Like I was a very boring and super plain person. And like for four, no, 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 it's true. Like w since I got into medicine, like I basically, I was a super, uh, I, like I wouldn't say a flat person, but like I basically did nothing. Like I just kind of studied medicine. I didn't even study that much. So it's not even like I was a good student or anything like that. But like, I would come home, I would go on discord and I would like, just talk to people and I could be like, Oh, socializing, hanging out with my friends. That's my hobby. Like eating good food. Like, cause you know, I love food. Like, and I'm very passionate about finding good places to eat and stuff, but like, it wasn't really a hobby. Cause I wasn't really doing anything um, with it. And I kind of realized that like, I was a really boring person and not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying that people should have hobbies, but I think like pursuing hobbies gives such a depth to people. Like I mm. feel like a more fulfilled person now this year that I'm like picking up so many new things and new hobbies and trying so many new things. And like, I feel more three-dimensional and I feel more fulfilled. And that's why I keep telling like high school students, like find a hobby, like find a sports, like join a sports club or like try learning how to uh, do art or just, just try things like start reading mm. different books and, um, I was talking to someone yesterday because I saw this, like, I think it was like a tweet or something. I can't remember it saying that, like, everyone should have a challenge where they try to go and make $1 on the internet. And that's a very good challenge. That's a very right? good challenge. Like, it's just like, just $1, like, just go and try to make $1. And then I was like, that's actually really amazing because then say like, you're going to be like, okay, I guess the easiest way would be to get commissioned on Fiverr for doing something, but I don't do that so then like you're like okay I need to like pick up a skill to do to sell on Fiverr or you could be like okay maybe I need to create a website so then like you start looking into like maybe coding or website design or like and then boom like you have hobbies like right there but like just the advice of or challenge of trying to get go and do to earn one dollar on the internet like actually opens up so many avenues and so many uh possible hobbies but like yeah I don't know this is this is the advice that I've been giving to people but this is this is why I exclaimed so much um when you were listing like you should have a tell me again a hobby for creativity activity and uh, one that makes you money like My... one that keeps you fit one that keeps you creative and one that makes you money ideally <laughs> Ideally. And my, my dad, ever since I was a little boy, has always told me that it, have any hobby you want, as long as you find a way to make it you money. It can be whatever you want it to be, as long as you find a way um, for it to make you money. <clears throat> and I always thought that this was a kind of, um, in his old older generation mindset, was a way to, to have um, all your time not be wasted in a sense mm. like do the things you yeah. enjoy but don't waste your time doing that but now it's never been as easy it's never been as easy as it is now to to do that with the advent of the internet advent of more platforms giving you um revenue for the things you love and enjoy um and actually i i uh i think anyone listening to this should uh, take up that challenge of making at least one dollar off the internet. I th I think they should because to me, like now the whole like have a hobby that makes you money. Like it's not about the fact that you're making money. Like it's not the money, but if you want to bring a hobby to a stage 
where you want to make money from it, you need to be very creative about it. Like you either need to improve enough that like you can sell a skill or you need to like think differently enough where you can market it. And to me, like having a hobby that you can make money from, it's not the fact that you're making money, but it, I think it like forces you in a direction where you have to think differently to leverage that hobby. And that's kind of the, like, that's the part I like. Like, even when I read this, like one tweet where it's like, oh, maybe it was even like just a tweet in passing being like, oh, everyone should just try to make like $1 on the internet. And then the more I thought about it, I realized that like, it's not about like how much the dollar is worth. It's like that symbolic, like, okay, say it's like, okay, uh, I'm going to make money off of YouTube. So then like suddenly you have to start learning about video editing and cinematography and like equipment and tech, or, you know, like again with the fiber, like, are you going to learn digital art? And I just really loved this idea because to me, the hobby that makes money, it's not about the fact that you're making money. It's about you're learning how to leverage your skills exactly. in a way to make money. And exactly. that is the fascinating part to me. Um, and, you know, like I said in the first episode, I think it was where like, I just didn't want to be just a doctor because mm -hmm, I meet so mm -hmm. many doctors and they're amazing doctors, but that's all they are. They're just doctors. And again, there's nothing wrong with that if that builds like brings you fulfillment but I realized that like by doing other things and you know not chasing a paycheck but like chasing like what comes with it and like the difference like that's that's what was making me passionate and now that's why I'm like you need to find a hobby because to me now like the YouTubing the YouTubing the streaming the podcasting like learning about all of this this has become like my obsession and you know like creating yeah. the website like these are hobbies these are things that I just happen to make money from now but I didn't set out with the idea that like it's not my hobby because I make money from them. It's just really nice that I have a hobby that can make money. Yeah, and um, if you're if you're investing all this time anyway, if you are investing all this time into whatever it is that you love, I feel like you will love that so much more if that brings you money as well. That investment of time, because I, I I don't know about you, but um, in the capacity of being a medical student, whenever I'm doing something in the form of a hobby, I have this panging sense of guilt that I should be doing something else that's more productive or um, even when it's just like I've done everything that I need for the day. I'm just relaxing at home, just watching Netflix or playing video games. Like there's that underlying voice in the back that's just like, you should not be enjoying this because it's not productive. If you somehow make your hobby productive, then that goes away. It's gone. Yeah. I mean, for, for then there's you run the danger though, where you won't enjoy your hobby because it becomes a chore, true, or you don't allow yourself to relax because you're like, oh, I need to be like working productively. I mean, I get, mm. I totally get what you're saying, but like, ideally, like in an ideal world, you would find a hobby where it doesn't feel like work, but like you get benefits. Yeah, from it. No, like, no. for me, like uh, the streaming is definitely work, like for sure. But to a stage where like I enjoy it so much now that it's kind of like worth it work um like i don't know it's, it's, it's imagine kind of it's a lot explain. less work now than it was when you first started out as well yeah yeah for sure for sure when i first started out like i was yeah i mean even with the i mean i don't know what to des describe it like i i was talking with other people where i was saying like recording the podcast and doing the just chatting streams in twitch which are additional to the streaming like it doesn't feel like work but it's not relaxing either mm. um like whenever I tell my friends like, oh, like I can't do this on Tuesday evening. And they're like, oh, but it's your day off. And I'm like, but it's not my day off because like I do the just chat in Turkish and then I do the podcast and they're like, oh, but like, why are you working so much? And I'm like, it's technically work, but like also it doesn't really feel like work. Like, mm. you know, like I, I, I love recording the podcast with you and uh, I, I really enjoy it. And technically it's a hobby and maybe like one day it'll make us money, but like also it's not like relaxing. Like, so it's, it's, it's really hard to like find this like interesting balance, I guess. Um, I, I know what you mean. Um... Like I, I started this this Instagram page um, because I have a love, a deep, deep, deep love for indie games, like games built by one or two people and they just pour their, their craft and their love and their heart into this thing for other people to enjoy. Um, I love that about um, indie games. So I started this Instagram page where I would uh, basically just write a review of the game and then a little bit about the team behind it or the person behind it. And, um, you know, just get, give that extra depth um, to these games. And to do that, I had to record my own footage for those games. So I had to learn the skill for, um, 
for um, recording footage, editing it so that it would fit the Instagram format, uh, balancing audio, all of this, um, and then upload on a schedule. And then for a couple of months during my last exam period, I wasn't able to upload and it felt like a chore and it felt like work, but it also got to the point where doing all of those steps where before it would take me a week, now it only took me like a day or two yeah. to, to, to get from, um, okay, I'm going to do this game to actually posting it on Instagram. Um, and that part about um, not loving what you do anymore, uh, def- I definitely felt that at some point about that page. I know it's such an insignificant thing, but it's, it, it, I definitely felt that about that page at some point, but um, there has been a resurrection of my love for, for maintaining that, for that page um, in the past couple of weeks. So I don't know where I was going with that. But, yeah, <laughs> but, I, I was wondering what, how we got onto this topic in general. But it's but... ebbs and flows, I think, with these, with these kind of things. Like um, I didn't skateboard for years um, during my first couple of years here in Milan, but then the past six to four months, four to six months, I've just found a, a new surge of enthusiasm and energy for it. Um, and I think now more than ever, it's important to have a hobby as well because with everyone staying inside so long, the increased levels of depression, anxiety, and just general shit in life, I think it's nice to have something that kind of polishes that turd a little. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, I, I, I really do now see the importance in hobbies. Like, I really do think people should have them. And also, as like going back to it, I realized I didn't have any. I wasn't really doing anything. Um, and now I feel a lot more fulfilled, like creating content and like, you know, like I would say like thinking of it almost as in a like scaling business kind of way. Like, mm. because I've had to like research so much about like marketing and um, like the algorithm and just business in general because not just with the youtube and stuff but like with the website and like you know like i have learned so much about seo because we run the website together and like it's been such a i i it's really made me also realize that because i used to be like i had to i wanted to be a surgeon and i couldn't accept being anything else and you know now that like i'm having problems with my hand and like surgery might be being snipered it's kind of actually really nice that thanks to having these hobbies, I realized that I might actually enjoy life in research. Like, you know, like if I hadn't actually started all of these hobbies and I was now having this hand issues that like, you know, worst case scenario might be- a Is this from the judo accident, by the way? Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. Uh, So the judo thing, the arm break from years ago, that's pretty bad. But like recently I'm now being investigated for an autoimmune condition because they think that I might have a scleroderma. because I got like a really bad uh, inflammatory attack on my hand. And now like the joints are very like sore and painful. And um, like, you know, we don't know yet until like we get the auto antibody immune assay, but it's like, I'm, I'm a pretty perfect like clinical picture for uh, autoimmune. I have Raynaud. I've, I've had Raynaud condition for 10 years. I'm a white woman <laughs> in my late twenties. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much like the clinical picture for it. But anyway, uh, if this was happening and I hadn't discovered all of these hobbies, I think I would be so depressed because I like, since first year, I always said that like, it has to be plastic surgery. Like I I, I'm going to go into surgery. Like it's going to be surgery or nothing. Like I can't, I can't ever be happy. I would be like, I can't believe people like study medicine and then they decide not to go into like clinic, something clinical. Like, how does that make sense? Like I, I was one of those idiots and I, I was so obsessed with it and now, thanks to doing all of these different hobbies, I'm realizing that like I can have passions and other things and I might actually really enjoy research because I've learned, like I've enjoyed obsessively learning about like these specific things that this hand thing now is like a lot more bearable where I don't actually even feel that depressed over it, where it's just kind of like, oh, if I can't be a surgeon, well, that's a bummer, I guess, like I'll just be a content creator. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's almost a blessing in disguise. Maybe, like maybe, I'm not saying it's meant to be, but I am saying that I think discovering these hobbies and passions has given me a way more stoic approach to my hand possibly being the shittiest thing that might be happening to me because like, mm. you know, like autoimmune conditions are serious there for life. And yeah. I think like, I haven't been like that affected by it because I'm just like, Oh, well, uh, that's kind of inconvenient, but you know, at least it'll give me time to pursue being a YouTuber. Like, 
Do you know what I mean? Like it's really helped me like reframe my thinking. And if I didn't, if I didn't have this now exploring of my hobbies and passions now, the story would be so different. And so like, I'm really thankful that I found streaming and YouTubing when I did. And I think that's why I'm like really pushing it on everyone to like, just, just find a hobby, just do something you enjoy, just find it. Because like, you never know what opportunities is going to open for you either. Um, you know? Yeah. Especially um, with the, ad with, with uh, streaming and, and such uh, the, the, the scope for other opportunities yeah. is much larger. And, and you're right. This, this whole, business aspect like running a business uh after the 90s i would say maybe mid 2000s um is so much easier to start than it ever has been like there's almost no excuse like i had a friend who was um starting up a t-shirt business just because he was like fuck it, I want to do it. I'm going to make, not, not even his own designs. He would actually pay people on Fiverr to make some designs. He would buy the rights to those designs and then just sell them on a website. And then he would have some of his other friends at universities push those through um, certain social avenues and then just make a bit of money there in, in hopes that it would blow up. Um, but the only reason that he knew how to do that was through um, <clears throat> through one of his business partners, running a youtube site and running um instagram pages um just as a hobby and then the business side picked up a little bit and a little bit a little bit so there's almost no excuse in fact you know what i think we should um at some point create a challenge for our viewers to make a dollar off the internet i was just literally just thinking that i was just like you know what like we should we should definitely make this a challenge to anyone who is listening to this like we want you guys to use all of 2021 to make your first dollar on the internet no matter where it comes from mm. if it's going to be like from the adsense of a blog or if it's going to be from like getting monetized on youtube or if it's like selling a digital good or completing a commission i think anyone who's listening to this should try and go and make their first dollar on the internet because it's a lot harder than you would yeah. think mm -hmm. but learning how to make that first dollar will be so much more profitable to you in the long term I think like I think you will learn and gain so much from trying to make that first dollar but also I think it'll make like I think also in a way uh trying to make my first dollar from getting monetized made me appreciate youtubers a lot more yeah because I would say like in the last few years, I would just be like, man, fucking YouTubers, like all they do is like sit there and like just talk to the camera and then like they just rake in all the money. And, you know, like a lot of channels, of course, have like a huge production boost because they're going into it with like a team or it's a business or something. But it really, really made me appreciate like how hard it is to become a YouTuber because there is also kind of this like survivor bias, right? Like you see the people who made it, you see the people who have hundreds mm. of thousands of subscribers and you're like, oh, well, like that must be easy, but you don't see- The hundreds of thousands that only have one view or one subscriber. Or... And the interesting thing is I came across this chart where they took, I, I think they took like 40 million accounts and they had to have had at least one video uploaded and at least five subscribers to like, to count it as they're trying to grow their channel, okay? Like, so so it didn't count like people who have YouTube channels just to comment or just to talk in the chat or whatever. So it was like an analysis of like people who were trying to actually make it on YouTube. And if you had, if I remember correctly, if you had 10,000 subscribers, which doesn't sound like that much, right? You <laughs> were in the, I wanna say the top 5% of content creators. Just ten thousand. Let me let me let me grab it up. But like when Correct I me saw, if I'm wrong, is that a is that a silver plaque? No, a hundred thousand is a silver play button. Okay. Uh, but I was absolutely shook it because like it made me realize that my channel was so much more successful than I thought it was. Because mm. especially when you're talking to people who don't really understand how hard it is to become a YouTuber or content create, when you tell them that like you have one thousand uh, subscribers or whatever, they're like, well, like that's nothing. There's there's people who have like 10 million. Oh, uh, I hate it when people say this. But though. they don't like get if, it. It's if not If 1,000 people came into your living room right now, that would seem like a lot. But apparently when it's just a number underneath the, um, 
a YouTube channel, it means nothing. This is fucking stupid. No, 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 no. It's, it's not that. It's just that people don't understand, like, because I was the same, right? Like, a year ago, like, whenever I saw a channel with, like, 30,000 subscribers, I would be like, what? That's so little. Like, man, why are you even trying? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know any better. So, like, I don't blame them when they say things like that, especially, like, when you see channels that have, like, 10 million, you're like, oh, like, <laughs> this guy only has 600, lame. But, like, you don't realize yeah. that, like, people start with, zero most of the time so i have the chart in front of me if you have ten thousand subscribers you're in the top three percent of content creators fucking hell yeah so like you're almost there yeah well i'm i think uh i'm on 6.5 thousand right now and that puts me in the top I'm over, I'm between 4.6 and 3% of content creators on YouTube. Dude, I'm calling it. You'll get to 10,000 before the end of February. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. But like, to me, like the stream channel isn't my avenue of growth anymore because now that I've been studying the algorithm and stuff a lot better, I realized that streaming, I'm now just doing as a passion hobby project where I just, I have really enjoyed building a community. Like my community we have, we are incredibly tight knit and incredibly amazing. So like the stream channel has now no longer became a, oh, I'm going to be a YouTuber from it and more of a, a passion project of I'm going to create an amazing community. So I okay. actually created a vlog more channel. Hmm? Oh, you've got a vlog channel now. Yeah. And Damn, I'm going to, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm actually going to go into full uh, vlogging also because I kind of realized that when you're a streamer, right? Every time you're not online, your channel is dead. And streaming 10 hours a day is not a very good way to grow an audience. And it's exhausting. Like I'm starting to burn out and I don't want to hate it because I enjoy it. Like I love interacting with my community. Um, like I don't even like calling them an audience or viewers because they feel like it's, it feels like a lot closer than that. You are very, in, you are too interactive with that, um, that audience. Yeah those viewers uh, to call them an audience or viewers like yeah yeah it's it, it you know most exactly of them like on that. a first name basis <laughs> oh yeah yeah like I, I i would say that i could probably tell you something about at least 300 of them like minimum. jesus christ yeah because that's pushing I, so much more information out of your head so <laughs> i know but it's, it's 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 weird because like i i love it like it's it's so much more than just like oh i just want viewers and i just want to grow a channel and i just want to make money it's 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 very much like it feels very like direct. Like I really feel like I'm helping students and I really mm. feel like I'm building a community of like kindness where students are going to be kinder to themselves mm. and to each other. Like we're trying to like break down this like thing of like competitiveness or like trying to compare yourselves to others. And, you know, like we have like, uh, you know, it sounds kind of cliche, but like we have like sessions called like self-esteem with stream team where like everyone like God, spams the, the chat being like we did we did great like we're, we're working so hard we're doing good and like you kind of have to like do like self-affirmations and like, we, we like meditate on stream and stuff and like it sounds really lame and cliche but like that has become a passion project of just like trying to create a good community um but i created a vlog channel and so I realized that like an, a better avenue for growth is actually vlogging. So streaming Most now is, is no longer my YouTuber dream. That's my passion project of creating an amazing community of students. Um, but here, basically, if you can hit 1000 subscribers, you're in the top 14% of content creators. 14? 14%, yep. That's crazy. I never thought having 1000 subscribers would put you in one percent that's yeah but uh like i was uh telling this to i think it was my friend daniel the other day that getting to 100 subscribers like going from zero subscribers to 100 subscribers was so hard it was i would say as hard as going from 100 to 1000 like the first 100 was just as hard as getting to 100 to 1000 and i can tell you now like I think uh, by the end of the week, I'll probably hit 7,000. Going from 1,000 to 7,000 was easier than going from zero to 1,000. Jesus, okay. Um, it is very, very much like cumulative. Like it's very, I think I've heard it being described as a pinwheel, like with all things like making money online or like having a business, it's like very slow and very hard and very uphill. And then like, as you get like the energy and the groove going, it becomes 
um, a lot easier because the thing is like, at first it's very hard to get watch hours and viewers, but then as you get more watch hours and viewers, the algorithm pushes it more and then you get more viewers and watch hours. And so the algorithm pushes it more. So like it becomes very like self-perpetuating. Um, I mean, you're going to hate me for saying it, but I think you'd be able to get uh, your vlog channel a lot bigger, a lot faster if you were also uploaded some stuff on TikTok. I okay so this is this is okay I, I love talking about this I love the way this went from hobbies to like me talking like growth strategy and algorithms but I've been actually studying all the different uh, social medias uh, we talked about this before actually. yeah we touched on it a little bit just mainly TikTok and I think Snapchat and how it is dead the reels and Instagram like yeah snipered Snapchat uh the thing is definitely like TikTok is a good avenue for growth but you said but... not the long term I just don't think it's going to have the survivability in mm. the long term. And like, I could be cheeky and actually like uh, do shorts and just double upload. Like I can, I can do reels and just put it on TikTok as well. And then like carry the audience over. Like it's as simple as that, but it's just, I don't know why I'm like feeling so averse to TikTok. I should just bite No, I mean, I get it too, because I, I really don't want that thing on my phone. I don't want that Yeah, that's thing the thing. I just don't want it on my phone. All. But I have I'm a the same phone with WhatsApp that now. I don't I'm use. getting rid of WhatsApp. Fuck WhatsApp. See, I don't see... This is not effective, I don't think, because everything in Italy runs on WhatsApp. No, dude, Telegram. Everything in Italy runs on Telegram. I fucking wish it was Telegram. I'm trying to get so many people on Telegram. App. I also love the Telegram app because it has a bot called How Gay Are You? And then it gives you a percentage. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I love it. And uh, so now me and my friends, like well, me and Daniel and Joseph, like whenever we're uh, seeing like who's going to win something, we do How Gay Are You? You have to send whoever, me that bot. Yeah. Whoever has the highest percentage wins and they like get to dictate what we're doing. <laughs> like, so I, I love Telegram so, so, so much. It's so great. But like, I can't get anyone on it. Everyone's like, oh, we're doing it messenger or we're doing whatsapp or you know like my my uh, class chat any look we're getting distracted okay back to hobbies back to hobbies <laughs> um yeah i mean i mean for um for hobbies okay so if is there any is there any hobby that you you apart from streaming apart from video making making that you maybe wish you had pursued at some point that you reading. never really got around to reading. Or, or reading huh Okay, so have you got like a, a book list? Of... I have a huge book list because, you know, it's like, I saw, I, I can't remember if I saw this in a book or someone talking about reading books, but it's basically, it's like a common quality. I got it up just so I can say it in this podcast, but a common quality I see of people who are successful is that they are voracious readers. And that's so yeah. true. Like every yeah. successful person I know just talk about how many books they consume. And I used to kind of think like, well, of course you can consume books. You're successful and you have the time to do it. Like you can, you know what I mean? Like you can mm. carve out that time because you don't have other things to worry about because you're successful. But now I've kind of realized that I would love to take a year out just to consume books. <laughs> like really? I would, oh, wow. yeah, for sure. Because now in the last two weeks, I've gotten so serious about reading. Um, I actually ordered a book called speed reading the speed reading book i was just about to say this the the the, the issue with me is that I, i'm a very slow reader yeah I'm a very, and below very average it was actually very disappointing to find out i would say almost embarrassing to find out that my reading speed is actually below average for a university student um, for a university student yeah like i'm probably like reception kindergarten level reading <laughs> um <laughs> And I realized that like now that I've actually started reading a lot more, like I try to read at least an hour to two hours a day now. And I realized that like it's kind of made me have FOMO for all the books that I don't have time to read. And I realized mm -hmm. that if I can triple my reading speed, speed, I can read three times the amount of books and then I won't feel like I'm missing as much. So my sister is the worst of this. She, she will like buy books to read. And then they will just sit on her uh, shelf for a long time because she, uh, she, she's kind of also a bit of a slow read. Maybe it's a family thing. It could be, but like reading this book now, it has some really interesting um, like comparison charts talking about people's reading speeds. And basically your reading speed increases from when you're in primary school up until university. And then after you graduate, it actually falls back down to a primary school level. 
Ah, that explains it. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's basically like once you stop, you it's a, it's a very like use it or lose it skill. Um, so if you're not if you're not like actively, I'm just trying to find the chart now to show you. So do they do they mention anything about um, not just reading speed but the efficacy of yeah yeah. So with in this book in particular, it's Tony Buzan's uh, the speed reading book. You need to you have like timed tests at the end of every chapter where you need to assess your reading speed and then you put it into a graph to track like how fast. But you also have to track your comprehension. So they give you multiple choice questions at the end of every single speed reading, and you have to uh, do the questions. So you also have to track your comprehension. Um, so because my thing was always like, oh, speed reading is stupid because obviously you can't be taking in all of it. But that's actually incorrect because maybe taking more of it, right? No, because actually my comprehension has improved since my speed reading has improved. They are both going up um, because I realized that if I'm reading faster, I need to pay more attention to what I'm reading. Because mm. the other thing that I had a problem with reading is that I would read uh, slowly and sub vocalizing. And then I realized I wouldn't be listening to what I was actually saying. And then I would have yeah. to go back and read it again, or I'd be like, Oh, fuck that. That, that took like two minutes to read. I'm just going to keep, keep going. And like actually having like trying to improve how fast I'm reading made me realize that like, I was actually paying more attention to what was relevant. So my comprehension has actually been improving as I've been reading. Um, and now like, Oh, man, I really hope my family doesn't listen to this podcast. But now I realize that I would absolutely love to take one year out, just be paid to exist and just consume as much content as I can. Because I feel like now I've been missing out on the last 10 years of my life that like mm -hmm. I just wasn't reading. And I just feel like I wasted 10 years. And now like I really want to like make up for it, but I can't because I have fucking university and like <laughs> I can't expect I, I can't expect for my poor mom to pay for my rent and for me to just sit around and read a book all day. But uh yeah, like I, yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I'm really trying to get into reading this year. Like my goal for oh, 2021 is to read one book a week minimum. One, one book a week. Damn, I don't, I would not be able, I keep looking, yeah. I would not be able to read one book a week. No way, no how. But see, that's, that's the trap, isn't it? Because you have to realize that you are 100% in control. Sorry, you are in control of 100% of your time. True. And reading one hour a day is literally 4% of your entire day. Hmm. Like, because the way I get students to start studying is that you just do one Pomodoro session, which is 30 minutes. And that's 2% of your day. That's a minimum. That's a really small investment. And like, if you can read faster than in one hour a day, like you can read two books a week easily. Or even if you left a Kindle in the bathroom, like every time, <laughs> every time. How long you know, are you spending on the bathroom? <laughs> over one week though. Like if, if even if you spend like 10 days a day in the bathroom, like within one week, that's one hour. And one hour might not sound like a lot, but that's like, better than zero hours like, very true like you you can 100 percent create that time um you don't have to I'm, I'm not calling you out on this this is more this is more like no i need to be called out on this because i uh i have i have um just a select few books that i really want to read i'm looking at one at the moment called um the sirens of titan by kurt vonnegut it's been staring at me for so long He's the Breakfast of Champions and Slaughterhouse Five guy, right? Uh huh. Ah, okay. I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Um, there was also um, another book I actually highly recommend for you is um, you may have already read it. Is Flowers for Algernon? I have heard so much about this book. Can't remember the author. It's not Aldous Huxley. Oh, it's gonna piss me off. Um, it's really good. Fantastic read about um intelligence and self-perception and um self-esteem as well daniel yeah. keys that's the one yes daniel keys it's a science fiction short story and novel maybe yeah it's um just to give you like a, a it's based around um either a drug or a surgical intervention which makes you smarter oh i need that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, it goes around it goes um and it follows <clears throat> one subject who's uh, got a very low IQ who gets given this intervention and uh, the revelations that come from it are very very interesting see the thing is uh okay the other thing about reading is that I've seen some very interesting thoughts on how people should consume books mm -hmm. and 
my approach at the moment is that I want to read as much nonfiction personal development as possible. Okay. But that's actually a really bad approach, um, according to everyone and all experts. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I would always be inclined to be reading, want, wanting to read more fiction and more, um, you know, storytelling stories. See, I'm the opposite. I want, I want to read as much nonfiction as possible because... Because you're centered in the real world, Sarah. I'm in this very fantasy land somewhere, you know, that's why. Maybe, but also maybe I think this is going to sound weird, but I've felt like I'm such a piece of shit about myself for so long, like for so many years, like the last five years, maybe, you know, like the last 10, 15 years, like I've hated myself so much, like hated, like actively fucking hated myself and just felt like so awful about myself. And now that I'm like starting to, sorry, I punched the mic. Now that I'm starting to feel like a little bit better about myself and like a little bit more confident in my skills or whatever, I feel like now I want to like make myself better and like be proud of myself and you know, like it sounds really weird, mm. but I think that's why I'm like no, you on this very like. You should be. You've got a lot <laughs> yeah. to be proud for. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess. But so now I'm like, oh, maybe if I read these 50 nonfiction books and then I become smarter, then I'll like myself. <laughs> like, oh, which is a, which is a very I, I know I know I know how ridiculous it sounds. I realize how stupid it sounds. And I'm trying not to think that way, but I think that's why I'm on this like very like nonfiction like. Uh, road at the moment where I'm just like I, I want to be the best me because I'm starting to like myself but I want to love myself like maybe okay. I, I don't know it sounds stupid but I will add it to my list because the truth is I've been seeing like breakdowns by a lot of uh, very famous people saying that like you should consume ac books across all genres like even if it's like romance or something that you're not interested in you need to like increase your surface area of everything that you are exposed to so you should pick up books uh, in genres and sections and about things that you never thought you would be interested in. Was there any reason for this? Are you about to say um, because? Uh, well, uh, you know what? I will, I will look it uh, up exactly why it was, but it was basically saying that like, you need to always think about like ex uh, expanding the surface area of your experiences. And if you're always just picking up books in the same genre, like, okay um you know what though like i will look it up better and we will talk more about it next week instead mm -hmm. so that i'm not talking out of my ass and i will find the exact reason and we will talk about it next week and this this will be a really good way to start we can talk about like books next week. yes <laughs> and actually i will because uh, i do have i have some a lot of books there that i really want to read um and i can there's i do have a book list and each book that i add to that list has a reason to be on that list because um, like you, I went through uh, a trip of really wanting to read books that would better myself. And for me, most of that stems from philosophy, nothing mm. else, just mainly philosophy. But yes, next week, we will definitely talk about the books that we want to read and the avenues that, that we want them to take us down. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's do that next time, like top 10 books on our list that we want to read and why we want to read them. Okay, my sister's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be like, your list is trash. Hey, you're just increasing your surface area of experiences, okay? Exactly. I'll exactly. tell you that. Okay. So I guess then we should say goodbye to everyone and thank them for thank listening to us. Thank you again for listening. Yeah. Yes, and sticking Putting with us. Putting up with us. <laughs> yeah, basically. And hopefully next week we can maybe bring something uh, interesting from the books with more research. But Okay, actually, you know what? Yeah, I will, I will put, I will, I will put a, aside some toilet time to read some books. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> just throw a book in the bathroom. Someone has to be. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay guys bye